0: Welcome to the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Now, here's your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Today, we investigate the topic of compassion and what it means for us in day to day life. In particular, what it means with respect to caring for ourselves and others. The most common accepted components of compassion are an emotional response or concern, a cognitive response or perception of suffering, and a motivational response, which is the desire to see the suffering relieved. Now, you may have also heard of the term empathy. Well, empathy generally precedes compassion and is the ability to understand what the other person is feeling see things from their point of view, and perhaps even see yourself in their situation without necessarily desiring to do something about it. Well, this has been a big area of research, and using functional MRIs, scientists have demonstrated that when you have empathy, it activates the pain center in our brain. So in other words, you feel pain. Now when you take action, it activates a different part of your brain called the reward center. So empathy can hurt, while compassion can heal. It's the motivation to go beyond merely empathizing and see pain diminished or that suffering relieved. And that distinguishes compassion from empathy. Now in 2018, a book called Compassionomics, the revolutionary scientific evidence that caring makes a difference, was published this book was based on a two-year journey and a large systematic review of literature talking about compassion and healthcare this research showed that compassion has a direct undeniable impact on health outcomes of patients burnout and practitioners and cost reduction in the healthcare system compassion is a skill not a trait so for most of us it can actually be taught it's good for both our physical and mental health and it helps us feel good, contributes to our happiness, and provides a sense of purpose and meaning in our life. So today we explore compassion with Dr. Francis Scully, a professor, researcher, and founder of Be Compassionate NL. She explains the nature of compassion, our ability to learn how to be more compassionate, its potential impacts on our personal health, and how we can build a more compassionate community. Let's check it out. Hi, Dr. Scully, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mike, and thank you very much
0: for inviting me. Yeah, uh, so it's an interesting topic today. We're going to talk about compassion, but before we get into that, can you tell me a bit about your background?
1: Yeah, well, um, my I have uh, one sister, and we um, reckon we were pretty lucky. We were uh, adopted um, by a very uh, lovely family in North Dublin and um, around. I was about five, my family moved to live in a really pretty place called Hoth. So if you're ever going to Ireland, I recommend a trip to Hoth, a really pretty place. So we had no money and lots of fun, and, and things were good until 69, when an absolutely... Brutal sectarian war started, uh, class war broke out again in Ireland. So, officially, the war was happening in Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom, so a separate country, but it's actually a very small place. And I stand to be corrected here, but I would say, like, Dublin to Belfast is probably like St. John's to. To goobies or something, maybe even shorter. And I went to medical school from high school, which was the typical thing then in 1973. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So that was uh, that was right in the midst of all this awful stuff going on, sort of like uh, in what's happening in Ethiopia now or Ukraine. There was all this dreadful stuff going on, kind of around the corner. Right. And then you you became a physician, and you ended up uh, in Newfoundland. Yes, yes. Initially in Ireland, I did both internal medicine and pediatrics, which you actually couldn't really do now. And I ended up being interested in hematology. And I came to Canada actually to train at the hospital for sick children, planning Mm -hmm. to uh, go back and as a children's cancer specialist. And then I met my husband and he was originally, um, my late husband and he was originally from Vietnam so I trained in hematology he trained in infectious diseases and we trained um in Montreal uh, and I was at Queens and Miguel invested in Montreal and then he took a position in St. John New Brunswick okay and uh that's where we started and then we both took positions here in 1997 so we've been here ever since that's great
0: So, how did you become interested in compassion? I know that you know being a physician is, is very compassionate in nature, but did you you took a very keen interest in it? How did that sort of uh, come to be?
1: Uh, I think, like a lot of people, I ran through, uh, I ran into a very tough patch in my life, and actually, in 2016, I heard a CBC interview with um, Dr. Vincent Felitti, who was the main one of the main authors and. Uh, investigators of the adverse childhood experiences study and I actually pulled my car over and took out a pen and paper and wrote down the names and so on because I had never heard any of this and I found it interesting because it's a very large study and there's a huge amount of publications and I was like wow you know (laughs) I've never heard of this I started reading about this and all the data is showing that uh, adverse experiences actually affect our health because I was not aware of this. I started studying how abuse and cruelty has been documented again and again to be extremely bad for our health. Mm -hmm. And midst of that, um, a close family member said, I don't know what you're doing, but it's not agreeing with you and it was true that this is very dark so yeah but january 27 i just googled what is the opposite of a word yes. and the opposite of abuse is compassion so it's like okay i'm going to see is there any data on compassion so that's that's actually huh. how how it started yeah. yeah yeah
0: okay so we know that compassion is kind of the opposite of abuse is that how you define it you know and and is there a difference between the words compassion and I also comes to mind like empathy or altruism. Is there a difference between all that?
1: So they are all interrelated. Mm. And as I think you probably know, our brains are such that we do tend to focus on the negative, Mm. but we're also at our best when we focus on the positive. So a lot of People focus on if, if there's something negative happening in their lives or in society, they're they're sort of anti that. And yet, there's more and more evidence that we're more or we're happier, more and we're more effective when we're actually motivated from a positive space. So, uh, so that was where. Um, yeah, I became interested in could could focusing on compassion actually make a difference? There's a l- huge literature, but uh, I think in a nutshell, what what's best for us, for best for our health and our well-being, is compassionate empathy. So we do need empathy as well, but empathy is the ability to understand other people's feelings. And so empathy, in some definitions, includes cognitive empathy, emotional empathy, and empathy can go in different directions. So people can use cognitive empathy, understanding people, to be manipulative, which is not a healthy, good thing. Mm. So empathy—you—you uh, want—you do need empathy, and it's part of compassion, but um, it has to be this desire to to help, right? Um, And altruism is the pure desire to help, which is wonderful, that actually only 3% of human beings are capable, physically capable of pure altruism, meaning physically capable of in the moment making a decision to lay that, you know, to risk their own life for the, um, sake of a stranger that that's that's a definition of altruism (laughs) totally
0: so i would summarize it maybe this way is the best is that empathy is understanding people altruism is sacrificing yourself and compassion is taking that empathy and taking action to help people based on your understanding of them is that correct
1: that that is correct and but in into all that we're trying you know Like wisdom has to come into this. Like Mm. um, you may have a strong desire to help people, but if you do it in a way that's reckless, you may hurt people Mm. and yourself so there's a balance somewhere in all this yeah we see
0: okay. that sometimes in wellness where people you know have an attempt to help people but they tend to give advice that may not be the necessarily the best advice for people because they don't understand the full picture which is the whole point of the show now i've been doing some research on this and getting ready for our chat and i came across something called the charter of compassion can you tell me about what this is
1: yeah, well so when i Putting uh, compassion into Google, the, one of the first things that came up is the Charter of Compassion or Charter for Compassion. And so my understanding is that Karen Armstrong, who's a very brilliant uh, British lady, won a TED Talk. Um, I think it's probably third, anyways, over a decade ago now, and she was talking on uh, how compassion is really fundamental to all different religious traditions and she won a ted talk and she used that hundred thousand dollars to form this amazing charter for compassion so it is a great place (laughs) to start in on compassion and that's there's loads of information there you'll Mm -hmm. you'll never get to the end of it so that was the place i started yes
0: Today, we're talking about compassion with Dr. Francis Scully, who's a researcher, physician, and founder of Be Compassionate NL. She's sharing how being kind and compassionate is good for our health. From lower rates of depression, anxiety, and stress to higher levels of happiness and even improved immune function, being compassionate is good for us in many ways. We'll be right back after the break. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay, whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. We're talking about compassion with Dr. Frances Scully, who's a researcher, physician and founder of Be Compassionate NL. She's sharing how being kind and compassionate is good for our health, from lower rates of depression, anxiety and stress to higher rates of happiness and even improved immune function. Being compassionate is good for us in so many ways. Let's get back to the interview.
1: Is there a science behind compassion and how it works within our body? Yes, there is. And it's, it's, it's massive. So there's uh, lots and lots and lots of research on this. So when I, uh, so on the Charter for Compassion, there's loads of information, loads of things you can do. And when I was there, they were hosting webinars, which I think they still do now, which were free. And one of them I took uh, was led by a doctor. And his name is Dr. J- James or Jim Doty, and he is a, a neurosurgeon. And he has, he's at Stanford, so he is the founder of the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education. At Stanford Medical School, mm. and he received funding. He was the first, one of the first, or very few non-Tibetans who actually received money from His Holiness the Dalai Lama to develop a course compassion-focused med- meditation. So they've lots of research on the go. So I was like, okay, I will go. You know, I'll, I'll focus. Here, So I kind of moved away to the chart of compassion, not because it isn't wonderful, but just because uh, there's so much going on. Yeah. Okay. So I've got, so we've,
0: we've got an individual who wins a TED Talk Award, which is great ideas. And this won a big award for that. You've got the Dalai Lama involved in it. You've got scientists researching compassion. So I guess the big question is, why is compassion important?
1: Well, that is the big question. So compassion is the desire to relieve suffering. And there is a lot of suffering. And I would say from a medical point of view, unresolved suffering is a massive cause of illness. So that's my focus, that Mm -hmm. um, suffering, if it is not um, released in a healthy way or resolved or addressed, or I'm not sure what's the best term for it. The term that a lot of people use now is trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for... To me, there's a lot of uh, overlap between the words trauma and suffering, uh, but, um, but s- trauma is an event that causes so much suffering that it overwhelms us. So basically, compassion is the antidote to all that. So actually, true, well, compassionate empathy, being able to uh, generate compassionate empathy in our bodies and protects us from all kinds of trauma and helps us to heal and helps other people to heal. So that's my interest. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. It only makes sense to me that a
0: physician that cares and understands what their patients are going through is able to offer better care, which makes perfect sense why yourself would do something like this and other physicians would be interested in this. Now, another thing I stumbled upon was what's called the golden rule. What is the golden rule of compassion?
1: So the golden rule is sort of like do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And we are a little, um, a little apprehensive about that because it kind of falls into the rule again, like, yes, do unto others as you you would have others do unto you. But the thing is, we're all different, right? So it's a simple example, you know, uh, I love cake. Yeah. My younger son uh, doesn't like cake at all. Right. So, you know, for his birthdays and I have friends and who are really good cake makers and I used to make cakes and so on, you know, and like there was one year where this friend of mine had made a beautiful cake for my son and it was in the fridge and she was coming back and forth and, you know, one and she was like, I, I was like, we're just going to eat the cake because he's really not a bit interested in this cake. Right. And yeah. uh, And this year, you know, um, we made him a beer cake, right? So so the point is, like, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And we have to be aware of what the other person wants and needs and likes and all that sort of thing. However, I feel safer when we go back way past the golden rule to the first rule, which is first, do no harm. And that was a big part of medicine, primum non no care. So I think as much as and, and and it's impossible to go through life without doing harm. That's that's just, you know, if we walk in the ground, we're going to stand on insects, whatever. So I'm 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 a fan of the do no harm aim. <laughs> yeah. I
0: like that. I like that. You know, and I think about some people, some people seem to be more caring or compassionate just naturally than others. But is it something that's inherent to us as people? Or you just said you did a course and training in training it. Is it something we can learn how to do ourselves?
1: Yes. So we can learn. And so the current idea from all the uh, huge amount of research in this is that we are all born, uh, our 99.99% of us are born with innate capacity to defend, to, to develop limitless kindness and compassion and uh, now we do know that about one in a thousand of us are born with less ability to feel for others less ability to have empathy and so on so that's a whole other discussion but 99.9 are born with this ability now again i kind of feel that the infinite stuff is um probably for the three percent but Dr. Monroe talks about, I think most of us are in the group in between where we can cultivate compassion and kindness. Um, So the research shows that, you know, it's like it's like anything we do. It's something that can be grown. Like so we can improve our muscles, we can improve our capacity for for compassion. Yes. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I think about you know being compassionate. I feel like sometimes people have an easier time being compassionate towards others than we are to ourselves. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies. Is that something you've run into in your practice?
1: Oh, absolutely. And myself. (laughs) Really? Yes. 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 So, um, and again, my friend, Dr. Mansouri gave me the term on uh, Monday, self stewardship. So in May of 2017, I was, um, I applied to train to take this course and the requirements were among other things that one had to, at that time, one had to travel twice to um, Palo Alto and California. And one also had to take the eight week course from a certified teacher Mm -hmm. before one could train. And at the time there were no certified teachers here. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. So I I sent in my application anyway and within two weeks, I was diagnosed with uh, here with early stage breast cancer. So I had paid my deposit in U.S. dollars and I knew that um, I wasn't going to be able to travel to Palo Alto. So I thought, well, this is interesting because this is a compassion course, you know. So I sent them an email. I said, look, about breast cancer. So they got back to me and they said, yeah, because we were looking as well. And you you have not you know, yet yeah, taken the eight week course, which is a requirement. And, uh, but you know, they said, we're just piloting, teaching the eight week course on Zoom. So I ended up taking the uh, the basic eight week course that I now teach. I took it myself cool. online and I started it just when I was really feeling all the adverse effects of uh, chem- chemotherapy.
0: Today, we're talking about compassion with Dr. Francis Scully, who's a researcher, physician, and founder of Be Compassionate NL. She's sharing how being kind and compassionate is good for our health. From lower rates of depression, anxiety, and stress to higher levels of happiness and even improved immune function, being compassionate is good for us in many ways. We'll be right back after the break morning join us for the irish newfoundland show send your request to irish nl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com welcome back we're talking about compassion with dr francis scully who's a researcher physician and founder of be compassionate nl she's sharing how being kind and compassionate is good for our health from lower rates of depression anxiety and stress to higher rates of happiness and even improved immune function being compassionate is good for us in so many ways let's get back to the interview are people sometimes afraid to become more compassionate
1: Absolutely. So you were asking me about the self-compassion and um, another, maybe the most helpful word for that is self-stewardship. So starting off, I had never heard of self-compassion and self-kindness. You can actually do your score for how much you are afraid of self-compassion. So many people are afraid if I become self-compassionate or self-kind, I'm going to just fall apart. I'm just going to sit and eat tubs of ice cream every night, or I'm going to drink too much. I'm going to smoke too much. I'm not going to exercise. You know, whatever it is, many people feel that they've got to be, you know, pushing themselves and, um, you know, to to keep it all together and and to be any sort of a decent person. So that's that's uh, so. There's a lot of fear, and a lot of people are like, what? Self-compassion, self-kindness, you know, what is this? Yeah, so.
0: Compassion feels good. Compassion's also contagious. Now, here's a few tips from that Stanford University and Emory University compassion training programs. First, seeing yourself as similar to others increases feelings of compassion. One study shows that simply tapping your fingers to the same rhythm as a stranger increases compassionate behavior. Another showed that describing a game as a community game increased players levels of cooperation and sharing behavior while calling the same game Wall Street game made the players more ruthless and less honest. Number two, see people as individuals. When asked to support an anti-hunger charity, people were more likely to give money after reading a story about a particular starving individual than after reading statistics on starvation. When we believe we're able to make a difference, we're less likely to suppress our feelings of compassion. And number three, notice how good compassion feel. Studies show that compassion and compassionate action activate the brain reward centers. Research suggests that compassion is contagious. So if you wanna help teach and cultivate compassion in others, the best practice is to lead by our own example. Yeah, I think that's something that's, uh, you know, uh, seen sometimes as being a form of weakness for people to feel sorry either for themselves or, or take a step back if they need it because they feel like they're not being strong. And that's something that's sort of toxic about the way that we live today. And I feel like the pandemic may have given people a bit of a chance to see what it's like to step back because they were forced to. Did you notice things like that with people where they became a little bit more mindful of uh, being compassionate towards themselves?
1: Yes, I, I I think people are very kind and very compassionate. And and people went to all sorts of lengths to protect other people during the pandemic. All sorts of lengths. You saw it all the time. Mm-hmm. And um all different all different people doing all sorts of things. You know, I caught COVID in in April and I was quite sick and I was sending emails to groups of people because, you know, just as every, you know, I had been at events where people were present for the first time in like in two years. And it was mm. that evening I developed symptoms. So I sent emails letting people know, you know, I'm going to get tested. I, I have some symptoms. And every single person got back to me to ask, you know, if I needed anything, mm. you know, th- so they weren't like, oh my God. you, you, you know, we met, And I had been wearing masks and so on, but I'm just saying their response was, you know, Do you need anything? And and followed up to say like, you know, how are you doing? You know, kindness and compassion overlap tremendously, but they are not quite the same thing. And when people are researching it, they go different angles. So kindness can be looked at at the desire for everything to go well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in different cultures and traditions and spiritual traditions, different words are used. So I think for the uh, Abrahamic faiths, for Judaic judeo-christians and islam often we use the word love right so Mm -hmm. love is very important in um and in uh other traditions it's sort of loving kindness in indigenous traditions it's you know kindness the love of the creator so anyway so so i think these are all terms that um all are getting at the same thing, this this lo- lo- loving nature. Mm-hmm. So love and kindness are the desire for things to go well. And there's a wonderful book uh, called The Five Side Effects of Kindness. And the side effects, the health side effects of kindness are that if we cultivate kindness, we're happier. We have less cardiovascular disease We because low- we lower our blood pressure. Uh, our uh, our relationships improve and we live longer. Now, of course, cultivating cap- kindness is not going to help if we're if we're you know some horrible trauma you know if we're hit by a bus or something. But but in terms of preventing uh, stress related illness, mm. cultivating kindness is is uh, is Very, very helpful. So, for example, people who have heart surgery are going to do better if they have a pet at (laughs) home. Really? Yeah. So if, and I'm getting a new puppy today. So I'm very excited. But anyway, uh, so that was shown that people who had a pet did, did better because I guess they were they were motivated to get back to that pet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, it's funny. We had Dr. Carolyn Walsh on and she's uh she's a researcher who studies the canine human interaction and therapeutic role of animals and very, very interesting stuff. And it is caring, you know? And so I guess that brings us to, to what we were talking about today, which is, you know, be compassionate NL. Can you tell me about What you guys do there?
1: Well, we're really just starting. So this came about because I was, uh, as I said, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May of 2017. And during that, I was also trying to train to teach this Course, and you mentioned self compassion. So I started the training in 2018 and I had never heard of self compassion. I had heard of self care Mm -hmm. and uh, scheduling time in your day to, um, you know, do things like exercise or walk or whatever else to look after yourself. Mm -hmm. And, but what was interesting, yes, of course, as a physician, it's very important to stay within, you know, one's boundaries. So I was going to see, you know, the registrar at the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Newfoundland and Labrador to speak to her about doing this course and wanting to train to teach this course and uh, wanting to make sure that that it was within, you know, what I was allowed to do as a physician. So I spoke to as many people as I can think of. I managed to certify uh, to teach this course, which is course for a group of 10 to 28 people and i certified in february of 2020 so mike i don't know if you remember february 2020 but we were right between stormageddon and covid right yes and so i got certified and first of all because of the weather we couldn't i actually did have my course so the medical school had given me space for my practicum and I had set up to teach my first course starting in March of 2020 and yeah. then hit. it. Yeah. And so I was certified to teach this course in person. And of course there was no way we were going to be teaching courses in person. So yeah. then uh, plus I was trying to find an umbrella of some kind to be able to teach this and to share information about the science, well, the art and the, the philosophy and the science and the theology of kindness and compassion. So that's where Be Compassionate NL has come from.
0: Today, we're talking about compassion with Dr. Frances Scully, who's a researcher, physician and founder of Be Compassionate NL. She's sharing how being kind and compassionate is good for our health. From lower rates of depression, anxiety, and stress to higher levels of happiness and even improved immune function, being compassionate is good for us in many ways. We'll be right back after the break. Weekdays on VOCM, it's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. Welcome back. We're talking about compassion with Dr. Francis Scully, who's a researcher, physician, and founder of Be Compassionate NL. She's sharing how being kind and compassionate is good for our health. From lower rates of depression, anxiety, and stress, to higher rates of happiness, and even improved immune function, being compassionate is good for us in so many ways. Let's get back to the interview. So when you, when you do your training with people, what does that involve?
1: Well, the course I am trained to teach is an eight-week course, and we ask people to commit to spending 15 minutes a day practicing their meditations um, and to also volunteer one hour per week in any way they want. Any sort of volunteer work that's – well, all volunteer work is compassion-focused. So you can do anything that is helpful, right? Yeah. And there's many things you can do to help. So, and then the course itself is an eight week, two hours per week course. And there are six steps. So the first week is called settling the mind, which if anyone has done different, any types of meditation, it is literally just trying to, you know, calm our mind and ways to do that and um the great thing about it actually is really there are six steps or if you like there's six meditations and so people can stay at whatever level so i give them along with a lot of information to the students and then they practice and then we get together again so the second week we discuss like how how it went and what are the so a big part of the course it's interactive and experiential so we mm. practice meditating together and we also share our experience or not so it's very um it, but that's a ver- that's why it's really it's a group thing and it's so important and interesting and it's so helpful to compassion to start to realize oh my you know other people really think differently than I did, because one of the reasons a lot of the time we all get so irritated I mean there are lots of reasons but one of it is you know we're going to do something and we're you know there's one way we're going to do it Mm. and somebody else comes along and they do it a totally different way and from our point of view they've totally messed up and a lot of the time we think that's deliberate. So part of it is the pause and then actually listening to other people and how they approach things. Yeah, so, so that's, that's it. Yeah. So the next, uh, the next week two is the loving kindness for a loved one. Week three is um, self-compassion. Week four is, oh no, self-kindness and then self-compassion. So because self-compassion is so challenging for so many of us, There are two weeks or two different meditations devoted to that. And then there is a common humanity and giving and receiving compassion. So part of, so so people do feel, okay, if I'm, you know, if I'm a kind person, people take advantage of me, you know, uh, other people think, oh. being kind and compassionate means I have to be a, a, a doormat, and you know I have to just put up with anything. And and interestingly, there's also fierce compassion because fierce compassion is times when we have to say no and tell people no. Uh, what you're doing is hurtful and harmful. And and uh, so so compassion it, it's a very active thing it's, yes. it's not passive
0: but it sounds like you know there's a real level of self-awareness that uh, is required and then from there you're able to foster this level of compassion now not everybody may have access to a course such as yours but if somebody's listening and they want to start to develop a bit more of a compassionate lens to the way that they operate in their day-to-day life what advice would you give them
1: well uh I would say just what you're saying, like noticing, you know, notice yourself, notice the people around you. And, uh, yeah, so, so notice, like put your, you know, decide, um, you know, just, just when you're, you know, when you're going around your daily business notice, and if if you're focused on kindness and compassion, you will notice you know, little things happening. And of course you will also notice lots of things that are not, are unkind. kind, you know, mm-hmm. um, but 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 just n- notice. And on the website for Be Compassionate NL, there is a resource section. And uh, so for any, so, for, well, first of all, for anybody who lives in St. John's and who likes to read, mm-hmm. As we said, I was planning to be doing all this in person. So mm-hmm. I bought all these extra books <laughs> to lend to anybody who was taking the course. So I have loads of books on all different aspects and at different levels of reading on kindness and compassion. So if anybody wants to borrow a book from me, they are uh, welcome. So that's, so that's the books. Now, lots of people don't like to read. So on the website, under resources, uh, I have um, curated lots and lots of talks and articles on um, a com- uh, on a compassion focus. So and on the Mighty Network, which is free to join, there are I don't know how many, maybe a thousand talks. Different people because it's innate to humans. So everybody. You know, you're, what you need and want for kindness and compassion, what I need are going to be different, but we're, we all can do it and we all can learn always. Yeah.
0: Right. So if people want to learn more, they can reach out to your website and, and, uh, and then, you know, get use some of those free resources that you have available to people and, and maybe get involved on a deeper level. A big, big question here. Okay. Let's just get a little bit like uh, philosophically for a second. What happens if our communities or our world becomes a more compassionate place?
1: Well, um, I I think um, in terms of the natural world, there's something called the Keeling Curve. <laughs> and if people want to look that up, it's at Sunday, UC San Diego. It's measuring the amount of carbon dioxide uh, in the atmosphere. And if uh, I do, uh, you know, I try to study, you know, climate stuff, energy stuff for years and I find it very confusing, but the Keeling curve is very easy to see. It's a straight, you know, this curve going zooming up. So um we really have to change our relationship with the natural world and with each with each other. Uh we we, you know, we're at it that the planet is at a tipping point. Now how are we going to do that? Um uh, and from my point of view, it has to be done with great kindness and compassion. And mm-hmm. what a lot of uh, biologists are teaching us is that actually um, living systems are mostly symbiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have a book on mosses. I don't know much about mosses, but it's all about how um, life really is mostly um collaborative so there is that phrase from the poem in memoriam written by lord alfred tennyson you know nature is red in tooth and claw it's it's actually not accurate because most of the time nature is nourishing or there wouldn't be any nature or any life yeah. so uh so we all have to do small things but that that's the thing we have to we i think we have to start we have to start by loving nature and loving ourselves and loving those around us.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I think that's a very solid message for people to digest as we wind down here today. Dr. Scully, thank you so much for taking the time of joining me today and sharing your story.
1: It's been fun. Thank you.
0: Thank you to Dr. Scully for joining me today. Compassion comes from the Latin word, compati, which literally means to suffer with. It's more than mere empathy and care. It's a desire to help someone who's suffering and to be able to help that person ease their pain. In a world that needs compassion more than ever, I encourage you to do more than just empathize, but to take action to make a difference for those who need help. Based on what we learned today, not only will the recipient of your compassion benefit, but so will you. The health benefits of compassion are undeniable. So next time you think about how you can improve your mood, your health, or your life, Think about how you can help others in ways that you can make the greatest difference. Well, that's our show this week. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.